Hello and welcome to Firefighters from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Five bells. Stand by all stations. Attention. All districts of five alarm fire. Five bells moving immediately. That's it. Let's go. Let's go. Firefighters! Presenting Firefighters, the true-to-life story of our unsung heroes who stand ready to ride by day or night against our most murderous enemy, the demon of fire! In just a minute, we'll join rookie fireman Tim Collins and his friend Private Mushnoski of the Department Rescue Company on the dock where they have just saved the life of a man believed at first to have been drowned. An hour's work with the inhalator would usually be just routine to these boys. But in this case, reviving the small-time gangster who had been fished out of the water was a personal matter. For he is the only person who can prove that Mushnowski is not involved with a gang of counterfeiters. Why it didn't work out quite this way, you'll see in a minute after this message. Firefighters, let's join that small circle of men who stand around Mushnowski's cousin. The man who says he broke with a counterfeiting gang, came back to the dock to recover the printing plates he'd thrown in the water, had been slugged and left to drown by the mysterious leader of these crooks, Dude Martin. His denial that the young friend of Tim Collins's, Mushnowski, was mixed up in this brings doubt to the face of Detective Sergeant McGurk, who says... I'd like to believe you, Stan. For the sake of Chief Cody here, I'd like to believe your cousin innocent. For your sake, I'd like to believe the rest of your story. Listen, cop, I'll prove every word I say. How? I'll tell you where the plan is, where they print that phony dough. You make a raid, talk with the dude. Okay, Stan, only you know what they say about the dude. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Dead men don't talk. As fire chief, I'm well aware of your record in the police department, Sergeant. You know how to conduct a raid. You can capture this dude, Martin, and see that he talks. We'll make the raid, Chief Cody, but it's bound to fail. For me, because I won't learn who the big shot is behind this. For you, because we still won't know if Stan here is telling the truth about your smoke eater, Private Mushnowski. Oh, but, Sergeant, that just doesn't make sense. Yes, it does, Tim. You see, this dude, Martin, is one man who can't be taken alive. Oh, nuts. If you figure out how to grab him... Oh, the flatfoot's right, Mush. The dude's crazy on one subject. He's scared of being locked up. He'd kill himself first. That's why the police have never caught him, Chief Cody. He's made any number of miraculous escapes, risking his life. I go along with Mushnowski just the same, Sergeant. You plan the raid so there's no avenue of escape, that's all. Well, we'll see. Give out, Stan. Well, you know the garage in the corner of Maple Street? Yeah, old five-story building. That's the plant where your counterfeiter friends have set up? People who try to bump me off ain't exactly my friends, McGurk. Uh-huh. But they print the phony dough on the second floor. Dude Martin has his office on the top floor, up under the roof. I see. 
For the benefit of you firefighters, the problem is now how to close in on the gang working in the plant and not scare off the dude as we do it. Could I talk with you a minute, Sergeant, privately? Why not, Chief Cody? We'll take a little walk. Come on. Collins, I guess I ought to thank you as well as much for saving my life. Now, Chief Cody, let's have it. You got an idea? Yes, I have, Sergeant. But first, do you still think this fine young fellow in my rescue company is mixed up with these crooks? Frankly, Chief, I don't know. Miss Mishnowski and Collins who found those printing plates next to the dock here. I know, McGurk, but if you capture this dude, Martin, I've got every face that will clear, Martin. Look, Chief, we've cooperated all the way on this case. Your department tumbled onto the printing plates. Your rescue boys revived that racketeer. Now, if you've got an idea for this... I have, Sergeant. I'm glad to hear you say what you just did. Because my idea will combine our two departments. Wouldn't be the first time fire and police have worked together, Chief Cody. Let's have it. Well, it might cover up your raid on the plant itself. That is, distract this dude Martin's attention so that he wouldn't be scared away before you could grab him. Now, my plan would have to go like clockwork. And both departments would have to work as a team. As Chief Cody explains his plan, Sergeant McGirt looks more and more pleased. A few minutes later, the two officials separate to return to their respective headquarters. But exactly one hour later, Chief Cody and rookie fireman Tim Collins have parked the chief's car a block away and are moving up on the garage where the counterfeiting plant is hidden, always staying in the shadow of protecting wall. Chief Cody, the street's deserted. I don't see a soul. Well, that's the way we want it, Tim. But don't worry. Sergeant McGurk's men are planted all around this building by now. Well, they sure work quietly. You know, Chief, I didn't see any lights on the second floor when we parked the car. Well, of course not, son. It's blacked out. Those counterfeiters wouldn't want any signs of activity. Uh, we're sure they're there. If Mush's cousin told the police the truth, Tim, that gang is working in there this minute. Uh, but you did notice that light from the window on the top floor, didn't you? Oh, yes, sir. That's Dude Martin's office, huh? Right. Now, the trick is to burst in on the second floor without scaring their leader off. Well, let's hope your plan works, Chief. That dude must be a weird character, if you ask me. And I've got an idea we're going to meet him pretty soon, Tim. That is, if nothing goes wrong. Oh, it won't. Listen to that. Yeah. Well, look, there's the engine company right on the button. Yeah. Uh, sure sounds like the real thing. Makes me want to join them. Look at them get those lines out. Yes, That's sir. Key, son. When they get that pumper going full blast and the ladders start going up, there'll be racket enough for us to move uh, in. Oh, hold it, Chief. Hold it. Someone's coming. Who's there? Me, Chief Cody. Private Mishnowski reporting. I thought you were with Sergeant McGurk, Mush. Yeah, the way he's keeping an eye on me, I'm not out from under suspicion yet. But we're ready to roll now, Chief. Quickly, the three men pass the shadowy figures of the police moving in on the garage and enter it from the side. Shortly, they join McGurk and two plainclothesmen in the dark of the top floor outside the gangster's office. Thought you'd never get here, Chief Cody. Wanted you to be in at the kill. This was your plan. You think it's working out okay, Sergeant? Yeah, I have a man on the roof opposite. He reported Dude Barton looked out, checked on the fire trucks when they arrived, and went back to his desk. We saw your men moving in on the second floor, Sergeant. They must be cleaning up that gang by now. And thanks to the excitement at your phony fire, the dude's still here, Chief. Well, what's next, Sergeant? I'm going to open that door, but fast. You and your pal Mush stay in back of me here. Okay, let's go. Just in there, quiet, dude. You'll live longer. Well, look who's here, my old friend. Watch out, he's got a gun in that desk drawer. No, you don't, dude. Better drop that. Uh, you men play rough, Sergeant. Thanks, Tim. That was fast work. You nearly broke my wrist, McGurk. What is this? You calling in the fire department to do your work for you? This is a bit of teamwork, dude. Chief Cody here hadn't arranged the phony fire down there while we raided your plant. Wait a minute. Yeah, you... by now they rounded up. And this time, dude, we've got you, too. Looks that way, doesn't it? And congratulations on your part in this, Chief Cody. All I want is an answer to a question, dude. 
Is this man a member of your gang? No, Chief. He's hardly the type I use. You hear that, Sergeant? As far as I'm concerned, Mishnowski, your record is clear. Thanks, Chief. Mishnowski? That name is familiar. It ought to be. His cousin Stanislaus was a runner of yours. You tried to kill him tonight, but the rescue company revived him, dude. He didn't drown. Well, I seem to be having remarkably bad luck tonight. Now, all I want is the name of the big shot behind us. I doubt if he'd have given me this job, Sergeant McGurk, if he thought I'd squeal. It's pretty well known, dude, that you do most anything to escape being locked up. Strange quirk, isn't it, gentlemen? The one thing in the world I'm afraid of. Yes, I admit it. It's the one thing, the one threat that would make me break down and talk. Well, you're next door to it, my friend, so start talking. That I can't do either, Sergeant. So it looks like there's only one way out. The window! Look out! Oh, gonna jump! Hey! Blew himself right through the window. Brother. Oh. Gee. Too bad we couldn't stop him. What a way to die. Five stories down to the ground. I told you he couldn't be taken alive. Confound that window. We'll never get the name of the big shot now. I told you I'd fail, Chief. Fail? Why don't you go downstairs and talk with him, Sergeant? Are you crazy, Chief? He's dead. Not if the hook and ladder boys were under that window with a life net. The way I told him to be. You mean you... you... Those were my orders, McGurk. You said this racketeer wouldn't let himself be taken alive. Well, I figured the only escape from a fifth-floor office would be through a window. Well, I'll be... Fire department, my hat's off to you. That's what I call covering all exits. See you later. I still got that date with Dude Martin. Oh, so that's why you were counting on the hook and ladder company. I'm in the clear. I only hope they won't be too tough on my cousin. And he gave the police the information they needed. That ought to help. What are you two so excited about? Well, for Pete's sake, the way this just ended, Chief. How'd you think of having them stand by with a life net under that window? Think? <laughs> when you're in the department as long as I've been, a thing like that is, well, comes like second nature. Are you two go along home now? Oh, we're off duty now? Pick up your schedule with the rescue company tomorrow. Get yourself a good eight-hour sleep, Tim, and, uh... Wrap yourself around a stack of Mother Collins' buckwheat cakes when you get up, huh? <laughs> How's that sound? Oh, swell. Best orders I ever heard, Chief Cody. So long. But the young rookie fireman, Tim Collins, wouldn't be looking forward to that breakfast with his family if he knew what was to follow. In a way, it was his younger brother, Jimmy, who started it, but, well, say, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, if you'd share the danger and excitement of fire and explosion... Listen to the next exciting episode of The Firefighters. Chief Bob Cody will be back in a minute to tell you, boys and girls, how you can help the firefighters in your town. But right now, here's something you ought to hear. Now, Chief Bob Cody with a special notice for the Firefighters Brigade. Chief Cody. Hello, boys and girls. This is Chief Cody with an important word about a very common cause of fire. The cause? Overloading electrical lines in your home. In plain talk, that means trying to run too many lights or electric gadgets off the same light socket. Like, for instance, a toaster, an overhead light, an electric heater, all on one plug. Now, that's plain dangerous because it overheats the wires leading to that plug and endangers the whole house. Well, that's all for now, but I'll be back again soon. So long. Fire Chief Cody and the young rookie fireman Tim Collins will be back on the same station the next time you hear... That's it. Let's roll! 
Fighters is a copyrighted feature of William F. Holland Productions.